Governance can also be about maintaining quality and ensuring that the right oversight is there so we know where things are going. People are much more open to the word data management than they are governance. That's the approach we've taken. We want to have structure. We want to make sure people are accountable. There's a balance to it. That's the real challenge. Welcome to the Data Chief. The Data Chief is a podcast for data and analytics leaders to share their personal stories and insights on technology, culture, and leadership. Data governance. It's a dirty word in business often associated with being told no. But from the perspective of the CDO, it's a crucial part of managing data quality and trust. How are employees being held accountable? Do people have the right access to insights? And is your own business's data infrastructure and governance policies fostering innovation or stifling it? Amit Shetty is Chief Data and Analytics Officer at Pilot Flying J, a company that serves more than 1.3 million consumers daily while operating more than 750 locations stateside. On this episode of The Data Chief, Amit joins Cindy for a conversation on data governance and how to organize your analytics team. Amit explains why governance gets a bad rap, while also touching on the importance of balancing accountability with innovation, having the right technology foundation in place, and why the most successful CDOs are natural connectors. Enjoy. The Data Chief is presented by our friends at ThoughtSpot, the modern analytics cloud company. ThoughtSpot makes it easy for anyone to analyze your company's data with search and AI. Business people from companies like Walmart, Hulu, Schneider Electric, Cloud Academy, and Mercado use ThoughtSpot to quickly uncover new insights and turn them into action. You can learn more at ThoughtSpot.com. This week on The Data Chief, we have the Chief Data and Analytics Officer from the pilot company, Amit Shetty. Amit, welcome. Hey there. How are you? Cindy, it's good to talk to you as always. Good to talk to you. Where are you joining us from, Amit? I am in Knoxville, Tennessee. Knoxville. Now, the first time we met in person was literally the only in-person event I think I did in 2020 in Chicago in the dead of winter. Who who had that bright idea? (laughs) I know. I'm not sure. I'm still trying to, to get over the cold of Chicago, and I heard it was that was a light year, so... I am, uh, you know, hope hope to not not to be there on a a really heavy winter ever. Exactly. Now, Amit, you have had a long history in the data and analytics space, but with a lot of change in the last year. So, tell us a little bit about that. So, when when I met you a year ago, you were the CDO at McDonald's, right? Yeah, no. So a lot of change. I think, you know, I I think the last 12 to 18 months has been pretty crazy for most people. I think everything going on out has made people kind of revisit their lives for for a variety of reasons. For me personally, I had a lot of family, personal things happen that that really kind of changed some of the dynamics. Um, Prior to being at McDonald's, I was with SunTrust, which was a financial institution, you know, in my family was in Atlanta, Georgia. Um, so it was making the commute between Atlanta and Chicago, definitely not an easy thing to do. Uh, COVID actually 
further changed kind of our plans and uh, really thought, you know, we needed to, to make some other changes. And somewhere in between all of this came Pilot Corporation and, and really excited for, for that as well. And of course, that being here in Knoxville, Tennessee, very close to home. Uh, my wife's actually from Morristown, Tennessee. So all of those connections kind of, you know, just seemed like they were just meant to be. So excited to be here and, you know, looking forward to the journey ahead. That's great. So a lot of change closer to family, I think is great, but still bringing your passion for data into this. So for those who are not familiar with the pilot company, tell us a little bit about it. Yeah, Pilot is um, really, you know, a pretty large organization, uh, you know, 10th largest uh, privately held, you know, in, in, in most record books. It is an incredible company, does a lot of things across the entire end to end supply chain from, you know, the time oil leaves the ground all the way till, you know, you're, you're getting, you know, gas out of, out of the pumps at, at a travel center. And of course, there's several pieces and components to that. And I'm always surprised having been here now 10 months at the complexity of the business and how many pieces there are, whether you're talking about the travel centers themselves or the actual process that you go through. It's incredible how many um, areas that we're tapped into. Yeah. And so just some data, Pilot Company serves 1.5 million guests per day. Um, and a range of services, 680 restaurants, 74,000 truck parking spaces, showers, diesel lanes. It's a lot. It is. It is. I think you just articulated it well. It's, 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 a, it's pretty neat because it's not just about the different operational things that are happening, but the amount of information that we're capturing kind of end to end and then the uses for that information, whether it's operational things creating loyalty programs and trying to create better client intimacy. You know, Pilot's got a lot of a lot of opportunity to use the data to, to drive insights and to really drive the, the organization in, in several areas. Yeah. So and loyalty and using data, I, I see some similarities maybe with McDonald's then, which was franchise based, but you started really in financial services. And not strictly from the data side. Can you give us a little more background on that? Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's interesting. I, I get this question quite a bit as uh, data is a space that, you know, if you've been around for a while, it, it's it's still sort of new in a lot of ways. It, it, it continues to evolve. You know, my background, I started out in finance and had a great career did a lot of different things uh, in the financial world. Uh, ended up also, though, along the journey, getting into operations, doing strategic sourcing, getting into IT. And it was really the combination of all of those things right around, um, you know, 2008, 2010. You know, the country was going through a lot of economic challenges. I think you, you probably all remember the, the whole process of stress testing that was going on with financial institutions and making sure that people were, were, were solvent and fund, fundamentally, you know, capable of going through another challenge like that. All financial institutions were, were really put to the task of, of being able to show their, you know, ability to, to survive in, in various stress scenarios. And so, I was in a role at that time where I got asked to help drive data and pulling all that together and how core and fundamental it was to all the, the projections and forecasting that we were doing 
and it was an exciting time for me. I mean, I took, you know, my background in finance, my background in technology, my background in operations, and was able to pull together a lot of new things. And at the same time, what was really neat was, you know, big data was becoming real, right? I mean, the ability to scale information, store it, get it at speed, all of these things were changing and evolving. So the technology itself was evolving. The mindset around the value of data was evolving. And then, of course, there was an actual business need out there that needed to be solved. So the combination of those things for me kind of brought me into this this space. And ever since then, what's been really great and exciting is watching how you can apply that same thought process to so many different needs. And then as I think about us today, you know, at Pilot, we're thinking about how do you, you know, how do you make a, a stickier connection? How do we create a better personalized connection to our customers? And, uh, and we think about it every day. We're thinking about what we can do with our app. Uh, we're thinking about loyalty programs. We're thinking about all those connection points so that we continue to have a consistent user experience. So it's been a journey, but, but as I've gone from industry to industry, I've seen really a lot of similar patterns and, and really similar goals, um, different challenges. But nonetheless, the, the, the end result and, and focus tends to be the same. Yeah. So starting with more of a background from, let's say, finance and operations, one question many CDOs will ask me is, are they hampered by that or are they better off coming up through the IT side of the organization? What are your thoughts on that? And if there has been any knowledge gaps to fill in, what would you advise a CDO to do about this? I think it's a great question, right? We all come to to the roles that we're in from different perspectives. And I, and I think there's always this kind of, hey, if you've come from a really deep technical background, you know, do you have the business knowledge and acumen to kind of connect those pieces together? And it's it's a question that comes up all the time. Or obviously, if you're the opposite side, right? If you're if you're the business person who understands the industry, understands all the issues and challenges, but don't have the technical chops or depth, can you really guide a technical team? Here's been my experience. You know, I I think most of us are always out there trying to learn what we don't know, and we also try to surround ourselves with really really strong talent that fills in the gaps of, of the areas that we, we may not have the depth in. And I think that is the key, right? Making sure you bring a holistic team. It's no one human that pulls all of these things together. It is a, it's a group of leaders and, and individuals who they work together and kind of row, you know, the boat in the same direction. They're going to, they're going to accomplish some pretty amazing things. So as I think about it from industry to industry, Definitely different challenges in different industries. I think you know if you're coming from the financial sector, for example, you've you've got a lot more regulation that that gets in your way. Um, but on the other hand, you know if you go like in you know being at McDonald's in the QSR space, uh, it's harder to create that customer intimacy because you don't has you don't have as much touch points in that day to day or or easy touch points with a client, and so. That's where Pilot, I think, is is an exciting place to be because it's something in between, right? Yeah, that's great. I do think it's um, always about learning. And then it's also about credibility within all these domains. Somebody recently said to me, being a chief data officer is one of the hardest jobs because you do have to be 
you're the connector, the collaborator. <laughs> Somebody said you're also the punching bag. I don't know if you feel that way or not. I think, you know, the thing that I feel as the CDO is every organization I've been in, the mindset around how important it is to get the best data quality. They want you to make sure you get them the information they need, pull it together, thinking about structured and unstructured data and having it done in real time and at scale is so fundamental. And, and also taking into account governance, all these pieces in and of themselves may be hard to connect the dots, but when you put it all together, that is really where the CDO brings value. I think when, when, when you can paint that story and then apply that back into what is the strategy of your business uh, and then connect those dots, then you know, you've, really, you've really done your job at some level, you know, hopefully pretty well. Here at Pilot, my, uh, my leadership team that I work with, you know, whether they're uh, on the retail side or, or you know, our S&D side or finance or HR, everybody really values data. They value the information. They know it makes a difference. Um, it, it, it is communicated from our CEO on down that it's so important to how we're going to differentiate our uh, ability to create a much better client experience. And that's exactly what we're doing. Yeah, so that's great. There's a lot in there to unpack. So the CEO sees data as a way to create a better client experience. Do you think this changed in the last year, maybe specifically for pilot or for the industry in general, for data and analytics? I think the industry is still evolving when it comes to data and analytics. I think there's tons and tons of opportunity we're in a, in a business where how do you differentiate yourself? Well, you do it by, by knowing your clients better. And I think that's where the similarity is, for example, in the financial sector, right? You can go to anybody to get a checking account or a savings account. You know, how do you make it different for your end consumer? Same thing, you know, for us in, at Pilot, right? I mean, you can go to any gas station, but how do we make a better experience? How do you feel like we take care of you? you know, in a different way. I think that's what matters. That's what data does. And that's what the, that, you know, driving those insights to help us create those connections so that we aren't just, you know, another commodity. Yeah. And this is one of the trends that I predicted in 2021 or, or more recommendation is that customer experience analytics has to take center stage because in a digital world, you may not know your customer as well as you once did. And yet we have some things happening in the industry with like um, Google, the, the cookies and Apple restricting app tracking. How do you overcome some of these dark out areas that are starting or has it not yet impacted you? Are you not yet looking at that? I think what you're bringing up is really important. I think all organizations are going to have to start to think through these things, ethics and analytics and where you apply it, where you don't apply it is really, really important to keep a line of sight on. Um, it's definitely yeah. a, definitely an evolving area. So when you think about these customer touch points, are you changing your thinking about how you create data products or data apps where data is more embedded in these apps? I, I think it's an evolving thing as well. I, we have a, a, you know, a team that's laser focused on digital and thinking through all things digital, where should we should go, where we should make those investments. 
trying to think that through, like what's our best uh, venues to make that client contact the most impactful. Um, I still still believe that to, for us today, you know, the digital app and the experience that we are able to provide on that, and then specifically that combined with our loyalty program is still, you know, one of the key avenues for us to keep investing in. Right. But you also talked about how sometimes data can be fragmented and investments in the cloud. Tell us a little bit more about that or the journey to cloud for the data and analytics industry in general. Yeah, I think that's probably the biggest struggle that I think anybody sitting in the kind of the role of a CDO has is how do you ensure that you're able to convince your organization to make those infrastructure investments that are so foundational, right? If you aren't able to get access to all that data at the speed and at the, at the volume and all the other components that you want, you know, your ability to drive insights out of that data are, is truly challenged. And you have to be really, really careful if your foundation, your infrastructure, your governance, all of these things that can be, you know, kind of the less sexy side of the job aren't in place, then being able to drive analytics and make sure that you, you're able to, to create an impact uh, just gets diminished so significantly. So keeping a, a laser focus, connecting the dots between those pieces of the value chain are, are super important. Yeah. So maybe it is the less sexy side of the business, but you once said to me, or of the job, let's say, you said to me that cloud is really not an IT problem. It's a business problem. It's a business operations problem. There are so many different perspectives into moving into the cloud. I think we would all agree that you know, everybody talks about how do I stay cloud agnostic? There is so much um, thought process on who is the best providers and for what reason. And you know, I, I defer to my my CIO for a lot of that stuff to help us make make sure we're making the right judgment call. But I think from my my seat, from where I sit today, the key for me is is can I get access? How much access do I have? At what rate and speed can I get to it? And 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 where is it stored? Um, and, and and again, all the basic questions that any CDO needs to be able to support, you know, any of the modeling activity and, and all the reporting and everything else that uh, is, is so important. Yeah. And so you mentioned the CIO. So your relationship with the CIO would bring us into then organizational models, I know is something you're passionate about. And people will often debate or ask me, should I be centralized? Should I be decentralized? Should I be federated? Should the office of the CDO sit within IT or sit within operations? Tell us a little bit what you have learned or how your thinking has evolved here into what's the best model. Yeah. So I think I think that is the question that has come up in my mind over the last not just two or three years, but since since the whole concept of a CDO even has, has kind of been around for the last decade, right? Like where should it sit? How is it structured? What what makes the most sense? And and I think uh my my personal experience having now been at three companies in three different industries uh, and, and quite frankly very different size and scale, what I've kind of come to the conclusion of is when you think about the operating model of the CDO, you really have to tailor to the company and to the culture. And that to me is the winning formula. I have not used the same organizational structure 
at any one of these companies. And in some, it's been more centralized and others, it's been more decentralized. Um, the relationship to the CIO always remains critical in, in every one of them. You know, I think there is such going back to the comment of if your infrastructure isn't in, in place and strong, then it's really hard to do anything else. I think that's important. And I think the relationship to the business partners who run lines of businesses is important. If you don't know what business problems you're solving, you really can't make an impact. So whether you you as a CDO sit directly under it, the CEO, you you know sit with the CIO, you sit with the COO, I tend to think it matters less. What matters more is what's your corporate culture, what works best, how does you, how does your your C-suite operate? How do they how do they connect? For us at Pilot, we are um, I like to, you know, I, I really pride myself in, in being a part of this leadership team because the the CEO, um, it, it's definitely not hierarchy. I mean, it, you know, here he reaches out and, and and connects directly. And we have a leadership team that is interacting on, on a very close-knit basis. So the model that we have at, at um, Pilot is really a hybrid. That model works great for us. It has been very effective. I'm able to um, get the investments, move in partnership with our business partners uh, and support their needs uh, you know, pretty, pretty easily. I've seen it work many different ways. Um, I think it really comes down to the leadership team that you have the buy-in that you have of the executive management team on, on what's going to work best. Yeah. So it makes sense to me why in McDonald's it would be more federated or individual per region or maybe per franchise owner and why it's a little more centralized in pilot where the C-suite is all working in alignment. With SunTrust, I might say but maybe this was also a matter of timing. If you go back in time, when you look at how data and analytics evolved, it used to be very departmental siloed. And if you did anything centralized, you were getting economies of scale and and that was considered good. (laughs) If you even had a BI competency center, that was considered good. But then over time, that became too slow and monolithic. So is there a way to ensure that you get just the right amount of centralization for economies of scale, but that you can move as fast as every business line wants? So maybe in pilot, it's um, operations, fuel operations versus food or hospitality and things like this how and 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 then overlay the functional area how important is people analytics which often gets prioritized lower does that make sense it makes complete sense and yeah i would agree with you i think you know where where we are at pilot is is we are using our central infrastructure and and doing things um that make sense you know around you know creating the right governance and data stewardship all in one centralized team but we're allowing the analytics themselves to be much more embedded into the business units and being close to the to the to, to that front line as possible. I think fundamentally that structure works really, really well. Yeah. So it sounds like really the best of both worlds, a hybrid model that you sometimes centralize depending on the use case. Absolutely. Yeah. You've mentioned governance a number of times, and governance 
people often think of, um, and you mentioned that it being centralized, and sometimes people associate governance with the business being told no. And in fact, we had one CDO, Jim Tayo from Nationwide Insurance now, Invesco on, talking about how he has a more after-the-fact governance approach, which makes people sometimes nervous. Where do you fall on this continuum? Yeah, you know, it's. I think the word governance may may get a bad, you know. It does. It's a, go- it's a dirty word. <laughs> I think governance can also be about maintaining quality and ensuring that you know the right oversight is there, so we know where things are going. And I think people are much more open to the word data management, right, than they are yeah. to governance. And and really, I think that's the the approach we've taken. We we want to have structure. We want to make sure people are accountable. There's a balance to it. I, I, I think that's the, the, the real challenge. And I, I don't know that there's a perfect answer. So much is happening in our space. What do you do to keep up with the latest trends and technology? Is it reading? Is it podcasts? Is it networking? How do you keep up? Yeah, I mean, I think it's a little bit of all the above, I guess, in some sense. You know, there there are some really great um, organizations out there. Um, It is hard to stay up. You know, it's it's such an interesting space and it's moving at such quick rate. So I think having a set of peers and networking is so critically important. I think, you know, the other other thing is, is making, you know, connections like the one you and I have, Cindy, at the end of the day and, and knowing that you're seeing things with others and are willing to share what you see and and vice versa, you know, me, me, me coming in and having the time to, to kind of share what we're doing. All those connections make a big difference. They help you kind of keep guardrails, if you will, and, and prioritize your time because your time is what, what's your biggest challenge. It's what keeps us limited uh, in so many ways. I agree, Amit. Networking is great and I love connecting people. Um, one of the best parts of my job. Are there specific podcasts you listen to or are you more of a reader? I'm definitely more of a reader. That said, I have seen some really cool ones based on just my connections on on LinkedIn. More and more podcasts are becoming pretty popular and and, and I'm starting to, to start to look for more of them. But I'm still a reader at the end of it right now. I, I still spend more of my time reading I, you know, have tried to find various channels uh, to to stay in touch with to help me kind of narrow, if you will, the amount of data coming at me. And then if you think in the space, any any mentors that you've had that have helped you get to this level? Oh, wow. That's a great question. I've had quite a few mentors. I have to say, that's probably the one thing more than anything is, that, you know, whenever I get asked the question is I'm always telling people, look for mentors. Uh, there, there's so many out there around you, so many inspirational people that are willing to make an investment in you. And, and I've been really blessed in that sense to have some um, bosses, quite frankly, that have been amazing leaders and have been so important in, in mentoring me uh, along my journey, as well as just peers um, that I've, you know, looked to as confidants and, and have been so important in um, sharing their own, you know, um, you know, just being vulnerable and, and sharing things that, you know, made me a better person along the way, made me make a better, de- you know, better decisions from a leadership standpoint. So is there any one person in that, that sticks out in my mind? 
it's funny. I actually have about six that stick out and, and uh, you know, it's a variety of people that I've just met along the, the way of my career. That sounds like a really good tribe. I mean, and I think that's what drew you back to pilot, right? No, but you know, I, I will say that I've been super excited to be here because it, it continue, you know, kind of your tribe to your comment earlier grows. And, uh, you know, I've, I've got some leaders here that I am super excited about working with. They are already teaching me a ton, um, help me continue to grow as a, as a, as an individual. And, uh, I, I'm always excited to kind of be in their presence and learn from them. Um, that's probably one of the biggest, you know, value adds, if you will, that I see about pilot is, is the, the, the leadership team here is, um, just super helpful, involved and, and caring about, uh, you know, you as a, as a human being as a person, of course, they want to get and achieve results like all, you know, strong type eight, uh, leaders do, but, but they really do take a personal, uh, connection. And, and I felt that. So I'm, I'm, I'm excited about being here because of that as well. Yeah, that's wonderful, Amit. And I always like to end with one final question. If you think about the last year, beyond maybe just the stock answer, as important as health and family is, what are you most grateful for? The last year, every one of us has realized just how fragile life is and how many things are out of your control and trying to live a little bit more in the moment has been really important to me. I, I, I've spent so much of my life thinking about the next thing and, you know, the future that I, I tend to forget about the, the current and living in the moment. And so I've tried to do that more. My family is also continuing to, to, to do that. And I think when you take that approach, it's just, there's something refreshing about it. Um, it's just, it's just been a great year in my mind. So even as challenging as, COVID has been and being cooped up in homes and not being able to see friends, you know, face to face, there's been a lot of growth on a personal note. And, uh, and so as we now come out of it and continue to, to move forward, hopefully you get the benefit of those learnings and, and life's just all, all that much better. Yeah, that's so beautifully said, Amit. Always a pleasure. And I look forward to meeting hopefully in person somewhere in 2021. Thanks for being on the Data Chief. Thanks, Cindy. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of The Data Chief. To learn more about today's guest, recommend a future guest, or hear more of the show, head over to thedatachief.com. If you have questions for Cindy or comments about the episode, give her a shout by dropping your thoughts on LinkedIn and tagging Cindy Housen. Join her on LinkedIn Live the first Thursday of each month for a live version of The Data Chief, where she'll share best practices and take your questions live. If you haven't already, be sure to subscribe, rate, and review the show. Every review helps more people discover the podcast and helps us improve our content. The Data Chief is brought to you by our friends at ThoughtSpot, the modern analytics cloud company. Finding insights in your company's data doesn't have to be complicated. All you need is search. With ThoughtSpot, anyone in your organization can easily answer their own data questions, find facts, and make better, faster decisions. Learn more at ThoughtSpot.com. The Data Chief is presented by our friends at ThoughtSpot, the modern analytics cloud company. 
ThoughtSpot makes it easy for anyone to analyze your company's data with search and AI. Business people at companies like Verizon, CVS, Amazon, Afterpay, OpenTable, and T-Mobile use ThoughtSpot to quickly uncover new insights and turn them into action. And you can learn more at ThoughtSpot.com.